There is such a thing called conscious consciousness. In terms of consciousness. In terms of consciousness. What consciousness is. You're listening to Explain the Brain from the Mind Science Foundation. Mohini Datta is a graphic designer in New York. She grew up in India in a Hindu family. And she says growing up, she never really realized she had anything against Muslim people. Then she started grad school in New York. And when I came to New York City, one of my first friends at my new school was Palestinian and gay and... And Muslim. And in noticing her surprise at this fact, that a person could be gay and Muslim, she realized something about herself, something she hadn't realized before. I, I guess I never acknowledged the fact that I do have a bias against Muslim people, and I generalized them into a sort of conservative group at large. For Tata, this had been totally subconscious, and it wasn't something she felt good about. Mazarin Banaji is a psychologist at Harvard University, and she's made it her life's work to figure out these unconscious prejudices. She has a new book out. It's called Blind Spot, Hidden Biases of Good People. We very rapidly pick up from our culture who's considered good and who's not considered so good. Banaji's found that as young as three, we start having more positive views of people that look like us than other people. There's a study she's done with pictures of faces that could look either white or black. She shows the faces, either smiling or frowning, to white kids. If the face was frowning, three-year-olds think that face looked more black to them. And when that same face was smiling, it looked more white to them. That's so incredible. Like, I just can't imagine that three-year-olds yeah. already have that percept. Yeah. They, they, they do. So we thought, what if it's something odd about the United States? She decided to take the test to Taiwan. This time, with the Taiwanese kids, they use faces that were ambiguously white or Asian. For them, if a face is frowning, it looks more white. And if the face is smiling, it looks more Asian. Finding these ingrained prejudices about what groups are good and what groups are bad in the heads of three-year-olds was pretty surprising. You know, so far the thinking had really been that this is something that develops in adulthood. But the fact that young children have it shows us just how deeply this us versus them distinction is a part of the human psyche. Banaji now believes human beings are just built to think in categories. We categorize other people as being like us or not like us. It helps us organize our world. It may have even helped keep our ancestors safe. But we get into trouble when our generalizations about other groups, stereotyping, influences the way we interact with individual people. It's not good for us because we worry about all of the opportunities that we will lose by a lack of interaction. We also worry about the harm that we can cause to other people by holding such a belief. Um, if stereotypes are integral to the way we organize the world, are, are we just screwed? Like, how do we change that? Yeah, I mean, I would say that um, in one sense, you could say that, you know, we're just doomed to stereotype. But look, there are many ways in which we used to think that we no longer think. Banaji says the more time we spend with people not like us, the better we get at respecting them as individuals. It takes practice. Mohini Datta, the graphic designer from earlier, she'd agree with that. She says her feelings about Muslims really changed over the last year. Because of my interaction with my Muslim friend, I think I'm able to look at the Muslim community having more variety and variations. And I think I try to understand uh, their issues with a little bit more depth. Dutta says she spent a lot of time thinking about this because at first it really bothered her to realize just how biased she'd been earlier. Those prejudiced thoughts had existed in her mind without her realizing it. 
Mazarin Banaji agrees that's troubling. Let's say if I asked you right now, you know, what do you think your pancreas is doing at this moment? You would have no trouble saying, I have not a clue what my pancreas is doing. Not at all. Uh, But that's because you have zero access to what your pancreas is doing. With our minds, there is such a thing called consciousness. And we do have access. If you were to ask me what my mind is doing now, I would say I'm pretty confident that I'm sitting here doing an interview with a person called Audrey for the Mind Science Foundation, right? So I feel I have some access. And from that, I assume that I have all the access I need. But we don't. Banaji says we're unaware of about 99% of our brain's activity. But she says the more we come to realize just how much of our thinking goes on subconsciously, the more prepared we can be to guard against harmful subconscious biases. For Explain the Brain, I'm Audrey Quinn. If you'd like to hear a longer version of this interview, you can find it in the archives of The Organist podcast. It's a show out from Believer magazine. <laughs>